All right. And welcome to this special episode of Real Estate Fight Club. This is a series called What Would You Do? where we discuss professional standards committee cases and code of ethics violations. Here with me today is Rachel Real. Hi, Rachel. Good morning, Jennifer. How are you? I'm great. Although, you know, I always feel like I'm at the principal's office. You do. Maybe we should rename this segment, going to the principal's office. (laughs) We should (laughs) rename it. That's an awesome name. All right. What are we talking about today? So today we're going to talk about unauthorized access in some broader terms. So there's two different articles of the Code of Ethics. When you talk about unauthorized access, you have the article that covers being in the property during the time frame in which you're permitted to be there, the time that you schedule. So if you schedule an appointment from 1 to 2 p.m., that's the time you're allowed to be in the property. I thought that we was also, like when you had to show up. No, you only have permission to be in a property. Mm-hmm. Wah, wah, principal's office, you only have permission to be in the property from the time you schedule it. So if it's 1 to 2, that's your time frame. If you arrive early, if you're there after 2 p.m., you're now unauthorized access. Okay. So you also have an article, Article 1, which is talking about, which is also unauthorized access. It falls under that same umbrella, but it's using or, or permitting others to use the property for reasons other than a seller would, would have intended. So generally, a seller is intending <laughs> to give you access to look at a property, to view it, to potentially buy it. Not to not like take a to nap. to like throw a hot tub party. Right. Yeah. Not okay. to you know, grab your bag of Doritos and watch a football game in peace not what that's for but what if you want to like test out the basement or the living room or you know right well you probably would need some additional time because maybe one hour probably isn't going to do it so (laughs) probably not (laughs) probably not so yeah I mean a football game goes about a couple hours so if you really need to take your Doritos you know and watch a game you're going to need to schedule a three-hour time frame and get permission to be there for the football game Right, right right and probably permission to screw up their remote control when you hit all the buttons wrong yes right so Today, we're going to talk about both of these two things here and examples of how you can put yourself in a position to violate both Article 1 and Article 3. Okay. Keep in mind, and I know this is in our board anyway, um, the fines for unauthorized access used to be $1,000. It clearly wasn't enough. Okay. So the fines when you when you are found in violation of Article 1 and or 3 for unauthorized access is an immediate $2,500. Wow. So the, the board has collected quite a large sum of money this year on unauthorized access violation. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, well, I especially it, last time I talked to them, it was over 40,000. And I think that was a couple months ago. So we're probably, we're probably significantly above that right now. It's, I mean, yeah, I can see, especially with like the um, electronic keys, Right. It's pretty easy. Right. We, we can't really we can track everything. I mean, if you've got a combo box on a property, that's a little more challenging, but think about how many people have ring doorbells, home monitoring, some kind of camera. But the thing is though, if you're, they know running, you're coming in, if you're running like early, well, and I guess later we could talk about best practices. So go yes, ahead. We will definitely talk about some best practices. So here's the scenario. Again, we're going to talk about this, this particular scenario talks about using a property for purposes other than which the sellers set out and authorized. Mm-hmm. So in this particular scenario, a seller who is a uh, in the real estate industry in, in another format, not a realtor, um, has a, is working out of his home. Okay. Semi-newer on the market, lives in a small little cul-de-sac where all the neighbors know each other. Okay. 
gets a request for a showing for night. This is going <laughs> right. Do you know where this is going? Yeah. So between nine and ten a.m., he gets a call or gets an appointment schedule request for nine to ten a.m. So spends the morning cleaning up the house, making sure everything's in good shape, finds a place to work alternatively to his house, mm-hmm. and gets the heck out. Okay, good. About a few minutes after nine, he gets a phone call from a neighbor and says, "What's going on at your house?" He's like, what do you mean what's going on at my house? I got a showing, you know, it's for sale. He goes, yeah, there, there's no, there's no buyers here. There's a guy and a couple of cameras and a film crew filming something at your house. <laughs> and he's like, well, well uh, he had no words for that. So <laughs> this is a real he, story. This is a real story that happened to a friend of mine. Yes. So, you know, of course it hits pause on work for a few minutes, makes a couple phone calls. Turns out that the agent is there filming a promotional video for his, probably I'm assuming his YouTube channel or his website. Oh, um, the listing for, agent? Like, person, no, not the listing agent. This is a random agent who scheduled a showing request for 9 to 10 a.m. And instead of bringing a buyer for a showing, bought his film crew and proceeded to film a promotional video for his YouTube channel, website, whatever it was. I feel like we besides please tell me you see a problem with this yeah besides (laughs) having the violation of the article we should have like a stupid tax i i well i would not going to disagree with you on this one like you're fine there's any example for a stupid tax (laughs) it might be this one this is good okay so what happened so ultimately you know we ended up making a phone call to his listing agent who reached out to the buyer's agent who reached out to the broker all kinds of phone calls going back and forth. And ultimately that's what it turned out to be is there was no buyer. There was someone there filming a promotional video. You can't just randomly film people's houses. Well, that, and you can't just pretend you have a showing and just show up with a film crew. No, you can't I mean, do that a either. Lot of wrong with this. <laughs> do you know like what the, uh, what the defense was? Like, what did he say? Newer agent didn't know. What? But here's where I'm going to argue. If you're a newer agent, you should be supervised by your managing broker for at least two years, I believe it is in, in, in Illinois where I'm at. Um, it, you know, your, your, your managing broker is responsible for overseeing everything you do for a certain period of time. This is the case in point of why you should never be is, a managing broker. Well, yeah, right, right. I was one for about a, two years. You're two a babysitter. I was like, yeah, no, no, I'm hurting feral cats is what I'm doing. So I said, see ya. Um, it's, 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 the managing broker is responsible for every action of their, of their licensees. And if you've got an office of 200 people and you've got people doing this amongst other, a myriad of other things, that's way too much responsibility and not responsibility, but liability for me personally. But do you think that, that, you know how there was this, I forget like what happened, but it was like, if the kids got in trouble, then the parents got in trouble too. Like that was going on for a couple of years. Right. Yes. Which I do not agree with, but I'm wondering if you do. Well, I mean, like in this case, right. When you're talking about kids, that's, you know, no, I'm talking about the age of 18, right. This. Yeah. I mean, because your responsibility as a designated managing broker is to make sure that your licensees know what they can and can't do. And in, in a, in a, ideally, a managing broker should be consulted anytime somebody's going to do a new marketing piece, new mailer, new whatever, to make sure that those pieces and what they're doing abide by license law. I mean, I sure think that, you that have, you're not you're not putting out a code of ethics violation. No, I I think that that is a best practice. But there's also like we're also independent contractors, so there's like this. <sighs> you know, I know I we know. don't really we, need we brokers. We, 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 we kind of can't win. No. <laughs> 
which is why I'm not a manager. Well, broker. But yeah, okay. so I mean, in this scenario, you know, again, they made a bunch of phone calls. This one's pretty clear. Pretty clear. Yeah. So, but then, so that clearly is going to be a violation. We don't even know, need to know what the hearing panel decided because I think we, we all know exactly what's going to happen with that. Right. Um, the other arm of the unauthorized access is, be, is providing access on terms other than those established by the owner or listing broker. So when mean? you read both of these, they, they sound a little bit similar and you really kind of have to break them down. So that's the one where you schedule an appointment from 1 to 2 p.m. If you're in that property outside of that 1 to 2 p.m. window, you are now in violation. Come on, though. If you show uh, yes. up, because he, here's what happens, right? You are you're only allowed to schedule the appointment. I mean, I've had ones that have been like 15 minutes before, right? And you get right, there, yes. and it's like you're trying to go to the two properties that are available, right? But something happens, right. whatever. You show up if your if your appointment's from like one to one fifteen. You show up at like one ten. You get in there. You're not leaving in five minutes. No, you're definitely not, at least with most buyers. However, what your responsibility is at that point is to reach out to the listing agent and say, hey, I'm arriving a few minutes late towards the end of the window. 15 minutes was really hard for us to meet, which I think in all reality, in, in what scenario is a 15 minute window enough time to be able to account for travel there and in a showing time, it's especially not. when you're looking at multiple properties. But I'm in sorry, you said make a phone call? Yes. Communicate. Does that mean that I mean, that's people... the same word that we're going to say. What? <laughs> the C word that we're going to say is communicate. <laughs> but I mean, but it also denotes that somebody has to answer. They do. And that is a problem. That is a problem. What I have found has been more successful when you're trying to communicate to a listing agent in these scenarios where you're running late, running early and want to get in outside of that established window is to message them through showing time. So, and I don't know if you have showing time where you're at, but yeah. it, it dings differently. It's a different notification. It's not a text message that they can drown out. So it is a little bit different. And I do get better response with that as opposed to texting. Okay. Now, if I send a message and I know I'm like, I'm, I'm on my way there, I'm giving myself a little bit of a buffer time to be able to get a response. If I don't hear from them, I'll pick up the phone and call. And then if I don't hear back, we either have five minutes and we have to get in and we have to get out or we don't get in the property at all. So you just so, don't go. Right. And it's unfortunate, oh but this God. is, let me, let me give you another thing that we're going to talk about. The buyer consultation is the perfect place to address these types of issues. Let's just talk about it. <laughs> what was that called again? <laughs> called the buyer consultation. Oh, is that where you sign the buyer agreement where they hired you, you to the help buyer, them find right. a house? Right. And you, you explain to them when we have an appointment from noon to one or 12 to 12 30, whatever it is, this is the time we're allowed to be in that house. If we're gallivanting around and we got to stop for coffee and we got to stop for potty breaks and all that other stuff, we're going to be outside of this window. So when I send my clients, you know, the stack of listing sheets via email, I will use my PDF, you know, uh, editor and put notes on each one of them and say, here's the time. Here's how long it's going to take to get from the one before to this one and this one to the next one. And I'm usually building in enough time that maybe every three or four houses there's an extra few minutes. If you need to stop at a McDonald's or Starbucks or whatever, do it. And then we've got to keep on schedule because working with buyers makes frame, me tired. Can we take a it break? Does. Yes, we can. <laughs> this is a good time for a break. <laughs> All right. I want to take it, take a little break. Yeah, exactly. I want to tell yes. you about a couple of our partners. So um, the first one is we all know that we should be at 
putting stuff up on social media, but we don't know what to put. So Monica, hey, Monica, came up with a free service called Ghost Poster, where she will send you like a meme or something to put up on your social media Monday through Friday, every day, you literally copy and paste it and put it up there. So if you want to sign up for that, go to ghostposter.com. Now, of course, she spelled it weird because that's how it is. So it's ghost. Yeah. Right. G H O S T and then poster P O S T R no E no E. (laughs) So ghost poster, no E.com sign up, put fight club in, you get it for free. The other one I want to tell you about is, um, our number one marketing tool that we're using to get leads is pipeline pro tools. So what they do is they will kind of reverse engineer how many leads you need to get in order to get, um, the number of sales that you want. So in order to sign up and get that demo and our free marketing playbook on how we do it, go to pipelineprotools.com slash fight club, sign up for, and do the demo and you'll get the free playbook that we use. All right, Rachel. So, so are we tired? We're tired. Of, you know what I'm doing? I'm tired of talking about this because this is a very simple thing. Or this is a very simple, very straightforward, very black and white scenario. Yet the board is raking in, you know, well over forty, fifty thousand dollars a year. Our dues should go down then. <laughs> I don't know where these funds go. I can't recall off the top of my head. But the point being is, why the hell? are we collecting that amount of money on something that is so simple to follow? It is so freaking simple. I don't know, but it's hilarious. I want to hear more stories about people filming and stuff and other people's houses. Yeah. I couldn't even wrap my head around how anyone would have thought that that was reasonable outside of a licensee or not. At what point (laughs) is it okay to schedule an appointment to go into someone's home and then video the heck out of it? I don't know. And then blast it all over the place and on your (laughs) advertising channel. Don't even go there. With I me. don't know. Well, Rachel, That's if people fine. have a referral for you in Chicago or they want to ask you a question, what is the best way to get a hold of you? Best way to reach me is by cell phone at 630-542-8688. You can call or text, or you can email me at rreal at dealwithreal.com. Awesome. Thanks, Rachel. Thanks, Jennifer. Yeah.